You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast sponsored by Lono Coffee. Visit LonoCoffee.com, use promo code COFFEE2020 for a discount. It will get you through the holidays. Today, I have a special interview with Washington head coach Ron Rivera. You might have seen the story I wrote about him on ESPN.com earlier in the week about his cancer treatments, his recovery, and the medical community that helped him. Some of this interview was used in the video along with the story and also shown on Outside the Lines. Rivera opened up about his treatments and how close he came to having to stop coaching. I will have another podcast before the game talking about the 49ers and a few nuggets I picked up this week, but I wanted to keep the Rivera conversation separate. He was very good. Also, I've made this offer before and some of you have taken me up on it. If you're going through a hard time with the pandemic, the virus, and the holidays, etc., I'd be happy to serve as a distraction for a few minutes by talking Washington football via Zoom. I know it's not going to cure anything, but if I can distract you for a few minutes, I'd like to help. Just hit me up on Twitter at John underscore Kyle. And with that, here's my conversation with Washington coach Ron Rivera. As you look back, can you believe that you never had to stop to take a break from coaching? Um, honestly, um, yeah, I guess so. You know, it, it's interesting because I've learned so much more about it. And, and I've told the story before to others that when Stephanie and I sat down one day with the, with the doctors, um, you know, they both told, told me, you know, we were talking and they both said, well, you, you know, I asked, I said, well, can I work? And they said, yeah, if you can get to work, work, you know, it's important. You know, the more you can work, the better. So I thought that was the norm. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, so when I finished my treatments, both doctors said to me, wow, what you did was pretty amazing. I said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, you worked, you, you, you didn't miss games. Um, you know, you, you, you made almost all your practices. That, that was pretty amazing. And I said, well, I thought that was the norm. And they said, well, no, not really. So, you know, we have a lot of guys, a lot of our patients will, you know, they'll miss a week or two of work. Um, you know, a few of them end up, you know, having to stay in the hospital a little bit. Um, but what you did was pretty, and I didn't realize that that's not the norm. And, and so I just kind of worked through it and I had a tremendous support staff behind me, um, not just at the hospital, but here at, here at, 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 uh, at uh, Washington football teams park. I mean, you know, it was, it was great because so many people were there to help me support me, um, and help me get through this. Were you ever close to having to say, I can't go this week? Yes. Yes, I was. Um, I had a, um, um, I had had one day that was really, really tough. It was the, it was, uh, probably one week after my second cycle of chemo. Um, it was five, 10, 15, 20. It was around my 20th proton treatment and, and just the accumulation of everything I think really got to me. I'd come in to, to get an IV. 
um, and I was feeling really bad. I got the IV and, and I felt honestly really worse. And so Stephanie took me home um, and I, I went right to bed. I hadn't eaten, I didn't eat lunch, I slept right on through. I slept through dinner and, and I was not moving. I was just laying there and Stephanie called uh, the team doctor and he got on the phone and he got on me pretty good about having to get up, having to eat, having to force myself to do those things. And so when he got off the phone, Stephanie let me have it. She got after me really good and got me downstairs. So I get downstairs to eat. Then my daughter, Courtney, who's staying with us right now, um, she got after me and, and she got on me pretty good and, and, and was you know really, I think more worried about my health than really wanting to get after me, but she, she felt bad and, 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 and just got, got into me really good. Uh, and then she left and then my dog, our dog who had realized I'm in trouble, he came over and he nudged me and he walked away. So I realized that, that I had to eat. So I ate and went right back to bed. That next day when I woke up, I felt really good. It made me realize how important it is to eat. And that was really it. That Tuesday, I didn't know if I could keep going. Uh, but with the support, with the people pushing me, the people getting after me, quite honestly, made me realize I, I had to, you know, and, and that I think really helped me get through everything, the realization how important it is to eat. Well, also along those lines, too, because one of the doctors told me that there are studies that show that if you have a strong spousal support and a daughter, yes. how much difference it makes in your recovery. I guess you saw that. Yes, well, at the end of it, um, Dr. Bajaj, um, the proton uh, therapy radiologist, he told us, he was telling me the story. He said, yeah, there's, a, there's these things that tell you that, 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 that a man that has a, a very strong spousal support gets through this very well. He said, and there's even a study that shows that if he has a daughter that's helping him, he'll get through it even better because for whatever reason, the daughters tend to really take care of their dads, their, you know, their, their daddies. And, and so... You know, me, um, almost daily, my daughter, Courtney, would take me, you know, to get my therapy, my, my, my proton therapy, and then bring me to, to Redskins Park. And, and sometimes when I saw the doctors, uh, she was with me, and she was making sure we got all the information. Courtney asked all the right questions, and she was there. She, she really um, was tremendous. And, and, you know, she filled in when Stephanie couldn't be there uh, for the most part. What was it like lying on a table with that immobilizer mask on there? And I, I can't imagine. I've gone through MRIs. That's hard to do that five days a week with that immobilizer on. What was that experience like? Um, I'll tell you what. The, the, the very first day I did it, I'd gotten, it was a full-day event. We were, we were there for over almost about 14 hours because I had to do the chemo. Then I had my first proton treatment where they locked me in with that mask. And it was a very, very eerie feeling. Um, and I promise you, if you're claustrophobic, you got no chance. And I didn't have a, uh, I, I didn't really have a real episode with it until about a week later. Um, I was kind of thinking about it, and for whatever reason, I just couldn't breathe. And I had to give the signal, so I had to come. They had to come quickly, unlock me. Um, I went to go see uh, my. Um, my oncologist that day, Dr. Deacon. After I saw Dr. Deacon, I went back to do it. And I had to, you know, keep thinking to myself, okay, we're doing this. We're, we're doing this to beat this cancer. We're doing this to whip it. We're getting after a body. Let's go. Come on, mind. Let's go. And I had to talk to myself, you know, just, just to push myself through it. And 
but I'll tell you that, that, that day, you know, my, my throat got dry. I, I couldn't breathe. It just, it just felt so uncomfortable. Um, but I, I, I talked myself through it because I'm telling you, when you first see it, you see this table and you see this big machine and, and all the stuff that goes around it and it goes and, 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 and the, the thing that shoots the beam out rotates around you and you know, and it, and it just feels like everything closes in. But I had to convince myself and talk to myself and make myself realize that this is important. We're doing this to eradicate this cancer. I mean, those are the things that I thought about as I did it. So from that point on, every time I, you know, that I hear that first lock going into place, my first thought is, all right, here we go. Here we go. We're getting after it. Let's go. Come on, body. We're going to kick its ass. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, that's what I really thought. You're tapping into your days as a player when you do that, right? <laughs> well, it, 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 it's funny because the thing that I talk to our players about every day is you control your attitude, okay? The way you look at things, you control it. Nobody else controls the way you look at things and how you approach them. It's about your attitude. And you know how many of my former players sent me, you know, uh, a little text about that? All right, Coach, hey, you got to have the right attitude. Let's go. I mean, I had several guys do that to me and remind me. And, 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 and it was important. And I'll tell you another thing too, you know, John, one of the things that, that, that's really amazing, and I tell this to people when they ask you, you know, ask, hey, what can we do? I said, send me a note, send me a text message or an email. I got these things daily from different people, a little text message, a little email, um, uh, a voicemail or something telling me, hey coach, good luck, hey, hey Ron, you know, focus in, hey Ron, get better. Getting one of those from anybody is, is really comforting. It really is. Um, just a well wish. It doesn't matter who it's from, but just getting that daily, that, that really lifts your spirits. You brought up, too, the swallowing part. How hard is it, was it to swallow, and how hard is it, does it still hurt to swallow? It does still hurt. Um, I, I, I saw uh, Dr. Lee. Um, she's considered one of the best in the area, thank goodness. And I saw her and she asked me about it. And I told her, I said, you know, it, it, this is hard. It, and, and that day, my, my, my worst day, um, when they got me up and I went downstairs and I, and I ate as much as I could as far as dinner was concerned, it hurt. And I had to pause each time I swallowed. I would drink water real quickly to try and soothe it. Um, and it was difficult. But I... I realized that I had to, I, I, there was no choice. Um, now it changed how uh, it changed um, that the food I ate in terms of like for breakfast, I had pancakes, but to help me swallow it, I had probably what amounted to about three cups of syrup on, on the two pancakes I got to soften them up as much as I can and to help me swallow. And it was the same thing at lunch. I would, I would eat, I would chew and I was drinking water. Um, um, and all, quite honestly, water tasted terrible at the time. And the only two things that I could really truly drink were root beer and Mountain Dew. For whatever reason, those two things tasted normal and those two things helped me eat from that point on. And I would drink one of those two for breakfast, lunch, and dinner um, to, help me, to help me get food down. And um, it's interesting because, you know, it, it, it's like you got sores in your, in your mouth, in your throat. And if you eat anything that's citrusy, 
that has acetic acid in it, 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 it burns. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's that, it's that, it, it's a tough feeling. And, and it was, it was hard and anything that had spice, I mean, it had the little pepper, ketchup, little things. And what's crazy is one of the foods that helped me get through this was Taco Bell tacos for whatever reason. Um, how we would, you know, Stephanie asked me what I want for dinner and I'd say Taco Bell. And we'd go get two tacos and, and, and I would eat them. And, and those really helped me get through, whether it was breakfast, I mean, excuse me, whether it was lunch or dinner, uh, I was doing the Taco Bell thing. Taco Bell will appreciate that. Besides, <laughs> besides just treating you and the cancer, how else did the, that cancer community help you, just even in your day, little daily interactions? Oh, just the support, just the positivity of everybody that's there. Um, you know, from the people that check your, 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 uh, your temperature and ask you the question, you know, are you feeling well? Have you been in contact with anybody who has COVID? Um, this is how positive they were when you came in. You'd walked, I'd walk through those doors through the parking lot and it was, good morning, how are you today? You know, and then they'd ask the questions. And then I'd walk in and Miss Linda, um, who was a receptionist, and she would greet me and she'd always say something positive. You know, um, she was great. Uh, to the phlebotomist, the people that take, you know, that drew my blood. Um, in fact, one of them uh, was a cowboy fan. So uh, we had a little, little rivalry going there. Uh, that was cool. Um, you know, to, 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 to the people that actually gave me my treatments. They were great. They, they really were. And, and their positive attitudes, uh, their support, you know, that they gave you, trying to make sure you were comfortable, trying to make sure you were okay, you know, see if we needed anything. Uh, to when I did my chemo treatments, you know, the, the nurses and all the all the technicians up there were were just unbelievable. I mean, their attitude, I think, is the thing that helps you and, and helps you get through this. Um, you know, there, there was a little story about um, there was a there was a little boy that was finishing up his his uh, his therapy, and he's a Nats fan, and he got into the whole baby shark thing from the from from the World Series championship, and so. The support staff, you know, you guys saw when I rang the bell and there was that little parade of people. Well, they were going to do the same thing for this little fella. And so they were practicing the baby shark song. And um, and so my daughter, Courtney, was explaining to me, you know, the song because I was I had an appointment with Dr. Bajaj that day. And so she was showing me how to do the baby shark and do the mama shark and do the daddy shark and the grandpa. And so when they were practicing, I came out and I kind of joined in a little bit. So everybody had a little bit of fun about that. But that just shows you, you know, that here's this, 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 this little guy getting ready to finish his, his last treatment and, and get to ring the bell. And they were going to parade him with the Baby Shark song. I mean, so it, it just, it was a powerful thing. Uh, to me, it really was because it just shows you how much these folks care about you. And that's, that to me, I think really helps. the proton therapist too because one of the things they talked about along those lines was the music they would play during your treatments and they and i would always ask well was there a favorite song they said not really but we went from contemporary to today's hits but they said every once in a while they'd see your toes tapping so <laughs> what did that music mean to you and like were there some songs that you said this song just helps me relax um there really wasn't a song that helped me relax just the music itself helps you to relax um because it, it, you know, it, it, it lasts anywhere from 15 to 22 minutes, I think. Um, so, you know, if, if 
once I got through five songs, I thought, okay, we're, we're, we're done. We're almost done. We're almost finished. And sometimes the music would, it would, it would, it would, it would get you, you know, tapping your toes. And, and, and it was, it was kind of neat. Cause they, like I said, they, like they said, they played today's hits. They played some of the contemporary music. Um, they played some music from back in the day. Uh, so it was really kind of cool. Um, and they played country Western one time and, um, you know, just the music, I think, is what really helps you to, to relax. How much weight did you lose during this period? A little over, uh, right around 30 pounds. Wow, okay. I actually got down um, um, below my playing weight. Uh, my playing weight back in the day was 238, and I think I actually got down at one time to 232, uh, which put me at about 36 pounds down from, from what I started. And do you have to do exercises now for your neck and for swallowing still, or is that? Yes. Um, I, whenever I'm not doing anything, I'm stretching my neck and I'm swallowing as much as I can. I'm stretching my jaw, you know, because these muscles up here, you know, right through here, they, 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 are, uh, they, they, they get some of the proton uh, beam that goes through. And then I just have like two more questions. So I, I appreciate your time again. Um, with also with the swallowing too, we, we see the spit cup. And I had a, an editor who went through what you went through and he would say like just the crud that builds up in your throat and how hard it is. And he said that he would just end up fill, filling up a, almost a cup of all that. What, how, what is that like? I mean, that, you know, how would you describe that? Well, it's a horrible feeling because you can't, I couldn't control it. And I had spit cups everywhere through my office around the facility, in my car, at my house. Um, and you guys saw me when I would do the interviews with you guys. I mean, I, I just couldn't control it. And the saliva would just build up and you'd have to spit. And one of the things that they have is they have this little mouthwash rinse that they, they tell you to make. It's, it's, it's baking soda and salt. And that constantly helps keep your mouth clean um, because you, know, you get the sores and you, 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 you don't want them to get infected. So you, you, you're constantly trying to clean and, and, you know, Stephanie made me all these little packets. So wherever I went, all I needed was a bottle of water, eight ounces of water and just pour this mix in. And, 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 and I, you know, I have one in my bathroom over here. I have, I have one in my locker. I mean, so I'm, I'm constantly trying to do that. Um, you know, and, and, <laughs> and it helps because, you know, like I said, Courtney was always there. Courtney's always, have you rinsed? Did you rinse enough? You need to rinse some more. Let's go. Come on. Come on. I mean, she was constantly on me um, as is, as is my operations uh, director here. Uh, you know, Paul would constantly come in and, and, and make sure. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever see it, but on the sideline, he's constantly handing me water or Gatorade. Uh, you know, I'll drink the Gatorade. I'll drink the water. I'll rinse with the water um, during the game. The other thing that struck the doctors was how much you basically gave up power and control. You're, a, you're in charge of a team, an organization, but they said you were willing to right away put your trust in them. Why? I know this isn't your area of expertise, but it's also not easy for people to give up that kind of power and control. Why, why did you feel like you could do that? Um, and was that a difficult thing for you to do? No, because they're the experts. Uh, you know, we put our trust in people daily. I mean, you step onto an airplane, do you really know the pilot? No, but you're trusting him. You're, you're, you're believing in him. Well, it's the same thing when you go see a doctor. You know, do you know him? No, but these guys are the experts, and, 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 and that's why. And so, you know, trusting Dr. Lee, trusting Dr. Bajaj, 
trusting Dr. Deacon was very easy uh, for me because uh, that's the way I looked at it. They're the experts and I got to put my trust in them and they're going to do the best they can. I mean, whatever they wanted me to do, I was going to do. I was going to follow the direction uh, and, 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 and get, this, get this eradicated. I'm sorry, I had one more because I did want this one is important, I'm sure for you too. I mean, I, and I appreciate I, you're giving me more time than I think I probably asked for. Okay, well, the last one I want to ask about you obviously, you had a brother who went through a cancer situation. When you're going through this, you knew early on that your prognosis was good. Yep. How often would you think of him during this? Like are, when you're getting on the table and all that, how often would you think of what of that? I, th I would think of Mickey daily. You know, I, I, I've got, you know, some pictures in the house. I got some pictures here in the office. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you, you almost feel guilty. Um, because I, I was fortunate. I, 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 I found it early. Um, you know, Mickey had pancreatic cancer and the signs don't come until the third and fourth stage. And so, cause there's not an early test for it right now. And, uh, so when Mickey, um, you know, was diagnosed that I, you know, I really didn't know a lot about it, but the further along Mickey went and, uh, the more research I did, the more realization that, that, that this was going to be really tough. Uh, and, and when you, you know, when you see what people go through that have, you know, his type of cancer or find his, you know, or find cancer late, it's, it's devastating. Um, so I thought about Mickey daily. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's hard because uh, I don't know, it just, I, I was fortunate. I was blessed. And, and I, I and, and, I think this is part of what, when I've said I, I would like to be an advocate, I would like to because, you know, healthcare is so important. And, you know, we're the richest country in the world. And for us to have a healthcare system that needs to be fixed, that needs to be better than it is, 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 is wrong. Um, and and, and it, it shouldn't be partisan. It really shouldn't be. It shouldn't be one-sided. It, 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 you know, in, in this country, for us to, to have people bickering about health care for, for, for our citizens, that's crap. That really is. I mean, you know, we hired these people. We chose these people to do a job, and they need to take care of, of, of our citizens. And, and that's kind of what I've, I've learned um, because, you know, I saw – what our deductible is, and we can pay that. But there are people out there that can't, and and they've got to make a decision on you know the types of treatments they get, the type of medicines they can afford. Man, that's that, there's something wrong about that. But um, um, I did. I spent a lot of time thinking about Mick, and uh, you know it's um, it's. Uh, you know, the, the hardest thing for me uh, during this whole time, other than telling my family, was having to tell my mom because uh, she didn't deserve to go through this twice.
and uh, you know, but hopefully things continue to go well. Let's hope for that. And you got me choked up here, so, um, but I appreciate your time. That's a good place to end. And, you know, I think that becomes a powerful statement for people to, to read and, and to see and to feel, because I think they can feel that. So I, I, I appreciate it. And, and I, I hope I don't make your day harder by asking these things, so. No, I think you made my day better, John. I think you really did, uh, because, um, you know, I, I really do believe that, 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 you know, we as a country, and I really do mean this, we need to take care of our own. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank, thank you, Ron. And we'll, we'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. Thank you, thank, John. Thank you. You've heard me talking about Lono Coffee for a couple months now. Let me tell you a little bit about who they are and what they're about. Lono Coffee is based in the Shenandoah Valley, just a nice bunch of people who are open for business during this trying time. Just look at their website, lonocoffee.com, and what do they highlight? Their core values of quality, family, transparency. They work with co-op farmers from all over the world to source their beans. They also support small farmers to find the right beans. During this pandemic, one of my saving graces has been grinding my beans from Lono Coffee and taking a few minutes before the day to savor the coffee, get my mind right. Put a little jazz or Frank Sinatra or Louis Armstrong on in the background, it's even better. I've enjoyed all their blends, but among my favorites, the Ethiopian Guji, love the berry flavor, the Mexican Chiapas, and their house blend. Start your day off right with Lone Oak Coffee. Visit LoneOakCoffee.com, that's L-O-N-E-O-A-K-Coffee.com. Use promo code COFFEE2020 for a discount. You can thank me later. That's it for this episode. I'll be back Friday with another quick episode to get you ready for what has become a big game for Washington. Some deep insight with ESPN 49ers reporter Nick Wagner. Meaningful games in December. Who would have guessed? Thanks to Ron Rivera for joining me and thank you for listening. Thanks as always to Lono Coffee. Talk to you Friday.